You are listening to Uno Souls Chat. Each week, we chat with an Uno Soul. They are people that are beacons of light in their community. We want to connect all of us together in hope, courage, and love. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? My name is Brigida Toruño, and welcome to Uno Souls Chat. As we are all adjusting to this greatly changed societal situation, I've been called to chat with Uno Souls, and they are people that are beacons of light in our community. We want to connect all of us together in hope, courage, and love. I am honored to be chatting today with Tony Howard, an Uno Soul. He is the president of the Loudoun County Chamber of Commerce. Hello, Tony. Hello, Vegeta. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you doing? Well, well, thank you so much. I tell you, I've, I've had the privilege of um, being uh, blessed with a few honors in my life, but none am I more proud of than being called an Uno Souls. <laughs> thank you so much for that. That is a real privilege. <laughs> thank you, Tony. Thank you. Tony, I'm wondering, how have you been doing through this surreal year? I mean, it's been almost a year now. How have you been coping? So are you talking about me personally? I mean, my 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 approach is to um, nose the grindstone, just you know, get to work and try to do uh, what we can on behalf of our members and our community in this, as you described, surreal environment. Uh, one almost ninety five percent virtual. It was a brave new reality for for me and the chamber staff, our board, and our members. But we were in it together. You know, we adopted it, the hashtag Stronger Together. Mm-hmm. and used it throughout the year. We actually named one of the awards we presented at the Community Leadership Awards, annual meeting and Community Leadership Awards in January, the Stronger Together Award to, to honor our community initiatives that were focused on lifting up Loudoners who had really suffered the most. Uh, as you and I chatted just a minute before, and I chatted with the local CEO this morning, one of the uh, great disparities about the COVID virus is that uh, it's not impacted us all equally. You know, some businesses have actually had their best year ever in 2020. So many have not. Yeah. Uh, individually, it has struck, you know, uh, the elderly and uh, communities of color and others more uh, disproportionately than others, than other communities. And so it sounds a little odd to describe a virus as being unfair, but it really has been. So our job is really to come in to do our job. Um, the job changed. Um, it changed without notice. It changed without training or without a playbook, I might add, too, as well. But it, it happened to everyone. So yeah. I, I think, quite frankly, I'm, I'm doing well. And it's mostly because I get to surround myself with business and community leaders who rarely, if ever, at least from my observation, were ever complained. Just said, you know what? We got to get to work. This, there's some real suffering going on out there economically and, and otherwise. And we need to get to work in supporting those folks. And um, I'm a big believer that, that work is actually something that's good for the soul. If, you do it, if you're doing the right kind of work and you're doing it the right kind of way, it truly is. And so that's a long answer to the question. I'm doing okay. Okay, good, good. Glad to hear it. And, and I think you're right. When you are in, in work that you're doing from the heart, it, it doesn't feel like work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's coming from the heart. You're doing really, like you, it's especially, Tony, you are doing amazing work in the community along with your team and at the chamber and so thank you for for everything that you're doing that you that you have always done but especially it really has shown 
so beautifully in this last year, how your heart and your compassion went out to the community and to these businesses that, that have been suffering and how you've been there to advocate for, for all the businesses and, and guide them in, in any way possible. So, so thank you for everything you're doing. I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, thanks, Tony. You've led the Loudoun Chamber of Commerce to become Northern Virginia's largest and most influential Chamber of Commerce. And we're excited to hear more about your business leadership and community commitment in the growing and diverse Loudoun community. Sure. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what you've been doing? Sure, absolutely. So a um, number of different things I'd like to touch on if, if, if we have the time. Yes. Uh, so the Loudoun Chamber has been for the last several years increasing its focus on issues related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, we just yesterday at the Board of uh, Directors adopted a, another set of policies around the development of leadership at the Chamber. And so we're very interested in having diverse leaders around the table that represent the community that we serve. And Brigitte, we're going to keep coming back and asking you if you'll be interested in that role when the time is right, because you're a recognized leader, not just here in Loudoun and regionally, but on a statewide basis. Uh, the governor wants you more than uh, anything. So we had to we had to accede to the governor's request. But we'll keep coming back and asking you to, to serve as a leader here in the organization because we represent the leadership um, and recognize, excuse me, the leadership that, that you represent. Thank you. Uh, so we're folk, you're welcome. We're, so we're focused on diversity, equity, inclusion and Working hard, uh, we have a very large committee built around uh, that is working on building some really important initiatives that we're going to release um, in the next coming months that are focused on helping our members and our chambers have uh, chamber businesses have conversations on uh, diversity and inclusion topics. Um, yeah. Conversations that are not always that easy for folks to have. It's not always easy for folks to recognize the blind spots that they themselves have, uh, and we're human beings. We have blind spots, we have shortcomings. Um, we are not perfect, far from it. And so what we're interested in doing is, is helping folks have those kind of conversations and how they can figure out to use it to their advantage in business. You know, So if Loudoun County is diversifying, I just think of the demographics 15 years ago when, when I moved to Loudoun, it has changed and changed significantly. So no good business person would try to do the same thing in a market today that they were doing 15 years ago, knowing that that market has changed and changed dramatically. So it's good business. It's also the right thing to do, we believe, as human beings and neighbors. And so we, we're approaching it from both angles. We're, we're mindful of the fact that we're a chamber of commerce. And so the things that we do will have a business focus to that. Yes. That does not mean that we cannot be good community citizens at the same time and affect other positive change in the process. So that's one of the areas that we're focused on. The other thing that we're focused on, um, and it, it, it's actually related to the DEI, top, DEI topic, and that is the issue of housing affordability. So Loudoun County is a super successful community. We have very high income here. I do correct folks who say we're the richest county or the most prosperous, prosperous county. I think we have high income because we have a lot of households where both parents and others are working hard and, and to raise the money they need to keep the household going. So that's income. Income is what you earn. Wealth is what you keep. So there are wealthy people here, but there's also a lot of hardworking families in Loudoun County. And so we're very successful and we should be proud of that. But as I know for folks, uh, we have an average median household income. By definition, half of the people that live here are below average. Mm -hmm. They're not earning an income necessary to be able to afford an average. In fact, it takes an income at 120% of the average income 
to be able to afford the average home here in Lamb County. So that's a disconnect or a disparity right there. What are we doing about that? We can't change market forces, at least not easily. But what we can do is make a difference by um, impacting the supply, particularly the supply of homes that the people that work on our cars, uh, that service meals, uh, that work in our grocery stores, that teach our children, um, that work in our hospitals. And you get the point. Put out fires, arrest bad guys, the whole nine yards. And anyone in any industry that's early in their career who we want to start their career here so they can grow up and keep laughing great. Well, if we don't make it possible and affordable for they and their families to afford a place here, we're doing ourselves a disservice and we're doing them a disservice. So yeah. it's, it, it has a real human impact. It's also an economic issue. And so we're working hard to, to address that. And um, I will say that the Board of Supervisors, to their credit, um, has never been more in tune to this issue and its implications than, than in my 15 years experience here in Loudoun County. Um, and so we're working hard with them and with private sector partners. Uh, the county has a housing, a, a department of housing now. Uh, two years ago, it did not. I mean, so that's, that's, a, that's a new change. And I like to think that the conversation the chamber has been pushing for the last many years has had that impact and had that change. And we're seeing the change happen. But there's so much work to be done. So those are the things that we're really, you know, focused on in terms of impacting our community. And of course, last but not least, you know, we're a chamber of commerce. My number one job is when I wake up in the morning is I have to help our members grow their business, right. you know, increase their brand and make an impact on our community. And mm-hmm. so, but there's a reason why grow their business is number one in that list. <laughs> yeah. Because that's why people invest in the chamber of commerce. That's why they are members. And we believe we're, we're, as good, if not better than anyone in providing the opportunities for businesses to grow their business here through a variety of different means. And so that's, those are our top priorities. And that's where I spend a lot of my time and attention. Wonderful. Yeah. You're doing such great work. Yeah. Thank you for all of that. And um, I know that uh, firsthand how successfully the chamber handles and runs the major events, which this past year had to all go virtual, such as the Small Business Awards and the annual meeting um, and the Community Leadership Awards, among many other programs uh, that you all have. Do you see any any of these changes becoming a normal course of business for the Chamber in the future? So I would really like to think that we'll get back to in-person events um, in significant uh, audience size numbers sometime, if not later this year, 2022. A couple of observations. First of all, I do believe that in the area of remote work and workforce, that some of the trends that this pandemic has uh, accelerated will stay with us. So you will see more people working from home full-time or at least part-time that weren't before, or maybe they were part-time before and they're going to go full-time. Uh, I believe that bosses and managers have, have finally gotten the, the message that it is possible for their employees to work remotely and still do a good job and maybe in some cases, better job. Be productive. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there's a generational issue out there and I'll just say, it, you know, I'm not trying to be ageist about it, but I do believe there's a generational um, hang up about remote work being a legitimate form of work. And so more and more employees will see that. Now, the other side of the coin is that we're human beings. You know, I would much rather be having this conversation across a table rather than across the Internet with you. Me too. <laughs> and um, I will say that it actually validates the chamber's business model. It's not good for the chamber's business model currently, but it validates it because I we have heard so, so many times before that folks really crave the person to person, press in the flesh, look them in the eyeball, make a deep connection personally, do so in a live in-person environment. 
And that that suits their needs and their business their business models much more appropriately than doing things virtual. So virtual is great. It has its place. Um, I, I the CEO I talked to this morning said, you know, his folks are getting two or three sales meetings in a day where before they were lucky to get two in because the travel around the Beltway is, you know, it's it, they were spending half the day travel. So he, he goes in, in a way that kind of they're more exhausted now than when they had to drive around the Beltway because. They're getting in twice as many meetings. So he's kind of said that tongue in cheek, but yeah. So part of the question is, will it retain? I do believe that as a way of doing business for business, a lot of what we experienced in the last 12 months will stay with us. I think from the chamber's perspective, it much will, but probably a, a fewer, a lower percentage than many of our members will, because people need the chamber and other venues and other forums to come together, right, as human beings, and and then and, and interact on a much more personal level than than technology will allow us to. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that we've been lucky to have these different platforms, including Zoom and others, that have allowed us to to continue to move forward with these different mm-hmm. events and meetings. But um I do have much more of an appreciation for the old. I'm going to say the old-fashioned networking yeah. <laughs> of being in person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, Tony, the, the, the Chamber of Commerce has done an amazing work during the past year of COVID, as, as you just mentioned. Um, and I'm wondering, can you tell us what you believe are the top three tips for businesses during COVID and and maybe even beyond COVID. Okay. Um, top three tips. That's a, well, that's a great question. It's, it's going to certainly depend on, on your business and, and your customer too, as well. So, yeah. oh boy. Um, well, one thing I, I think is that you have to make a, uh, a real effort and a different type of effort to keep your customers engaged. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they are, in many cases, not all, of course, every industry is different. Every business is different. But many of them are feeling more isolated than ever before. Mm-hmm. Folks, and, and so are employees. And so I guess I would use that. At, we can call that one or two tips. I'm not sure. But your customers and your employees, you really have to make the extra effort to keep them engaged, to reach out to them, and to connect with them with ways that you may not have before. So this old dog had to use a few, he learned a few tricks this year in terms of really checking in with my, uh, my staff. Um, uh, who are generationally a different place than I am, you know, in, in their life uh, journey. And so, and have conversations with them about, you know, how are you? I mean, it wasn't often when we were working together where I would walk down the hallway and I'd stop an employee and say, how are you? No, really, how are you doing? Are you okay? Like, I, I, guess, I'm, I, I guess I'm not that touchy-feely by nature. And I had to learn to be, um, you know, more thoughtful and intentional about connecting to folks on an emotional level, which you're not taught to do. I wasn't taught to do growing up in the, in a professional work environment that in many cases could be considered forbidden, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We're just unprofessional. Um, yeah. And I do believe that, uh, you know, it, 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 with customers, it's going to be a different kind of conversation, but I think you want to have that same conversation. So I, I would say, yes, keep, Keep the focus on touching base with your customers and with your employees to say, how's it going? What can I do to help you? Do you need some, do you need some time in the case of employees? Um, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with one employee taking time out in the middle of the day to help his children with remote learning. Right. And then logging in at seven o'clock at night to respond to emails. 
Right. If you're the kind of old school manager who just can't, you know, can't work with that type of setup, you're, you're going to suffer. And so are your employees. And they might not be your employees for long if you make them suffer. So this that's is, right. again, it's good business. So I, I'd say that's it. And the other thing, too, I guess the third tip I give is, um, you know, continue to do the right thing, but be patient. I mean, if we haven't learned patience in this, we'll never learn. And, and I'm not a patient man. By I, and I'm not a patient woman. And it's something I've worked hard at. And this year has been such a test for me. <laughs> it's like if I don't learn this patience now, it's just not going to happen. So I think I've become a little bit more patient. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit helps. I mean, a little bit helps. But, you know, being patient, you know, this pandemic's not going to last forever. Um you know, you have to be patient with your employees, with your customers, with your prospects, with your vendors, because they're, uh, they're struggling uh, with business issues, but also personal issues. And sometimes those issues aren't, aren't theirs. It's their, you know, it's their kids, it's their spouse, it's their whomever that's, right. um, that's going through some real tough challenges now. And so it's going to set them back. And so if you're not patient, if you're expecting things to get done the way they were before. Now, I feel like I'm giving tips that if you haven't learned this since last March, there's no hope for you. You're never going to learn these tips anymore. But <laughs> Right. That's the best I can do. I apologize. No, no, that's wonderful. These, these, are, these are just right. Thank you for that. And uh, Tony, I hope you're okay if I read a little bit of your bio. Please. Okay. Tony has been a Chamber of Commerce executive for over 20 years in both Loudoun and Fairfax counties. And he's from New York and a graduate of the State University of New York. He also served as president of the I'm going to spell V-A-C-C-E, the Virginia Chamber of Commerce Executives Board. Um, and you, in 2017, you were named champion of Loudoun's nonprofit sector by the Loudoun Community Foundation. And early in his career, he was chief spokesman for Congressman Michael P. Forbes of New York, handling all media relations, working with major news outlets in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Long Island. He's an award-winning journalist working as a reporter and editor for newspapers in New York's Hudson Valley and Long Island. As a journalist, he earned numerous awards for in-depth reporting, featuring writing and sports coverage from the New York Press Association. So that's, that's beautiful stuff. Very impressive, Tony. And um, in your business career, you, you've distinguished yourself in executive leadership as a political spokesman, a journalist, and with your extensive community engagement, what advice do you give up-and-coming professionals in terms of community engagement? Well, I, I think one of the prerequisites is that you are somebody who wants and craves community engagement, that you want to be involved. And so I do believe that all of us, no matter what our path in life is, that we have to be authentic. And so I would hope that authentically that is something that uh, be, that these individuals crave. I can't imagine that everyone does, but I think the vast majority of people probably do on some level. Mm -hmm. and, and define it as you see fit, okay? So you don't have to serve on every nonprofit board and volunteer for every um, volunteer opportunity that's out there. Find your place, you know, find the thing. But I tell you, if you're not authentic about it, it's not something you really care about, the the and the people that are involved in it aren't the people that you want to surround yourself with, then uh, well, you're not going to be you're not going to be as successful as you could be. You probably could be successful on some level, but you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to stick with it as long as you might. 
Yeah. So anyway, that's the community engagement advice I would give is, you know, be authentic, be yourself and find, find, just find your place and see where it takes you. Okay. That's wonderful advice. Thank you so much. Um, in your chamber leadership role and your participation in your community efforts, you seem to be willing and open to addressing many different issues, uh, <clears throat> events and events during challenging times. What inspires you to be such a strong community spokesperson? Mm, the inspiration question. That's always a great Ooh. one. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I am inspired by the people that I am surrounded with on a daily basis, and they are community leaders. They, the vast majority, because I work at a chamber of commerce, are business leaders. Many of them uh, make a pretty darn good living on their own. They don't need the chamber, frankly, in many cases, not all, some do. They don't need the chamber to build their business. Um, they really, really deeply care into their DNA, passionately care about the community in which their business and their family are rooted. And so they give up their time, their energy, and their expertise and their money to make a difference in Loudoun County. And if that doesn't inspire you, then frankly, I'm not sure what will. What really inspires me too, as well, are nonprofit community leaders, folks with the, the talent and the energy and the intelligence to do anything that life uh, would have taken them to. But they had a calling to enter the nonprofit space and they're doing wonderful work to uh, lift up those of our neighbors that really need the help the most. And so they inspire me too, as well. And they're just good people and I enjoy being around them. And then I have to mention our public sector partners and so our government leaders. You know, I think Loudoun County is blessed to have some of the finest professionals in the public service arena. I agree. In any jurisdiction anywhere. Really talented, hardworking, committed to Loudoun County and success and the success of our residents and, and workforce and others too as well. And, I, and I'll extend that too as well to our political leaders too as well. So. Yeah. That's what inspires me. Um, those folks that are so dedicated to our community and, and give every day, regardless of whether they're in the business world, nonprofit, or government space. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Tony. Tony, I wondered if um, you could leave us with some words of wisdom. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> they, you know that's how you know you're getting old, and they start asking you to give you words of wisdom, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say as, as you were, you know, reading my, uh, some of my biography before and, you know, you've gotten up there in age when you can hardly remember doing some of the things that are in your bio, but, um, I, I think just enjoy the ride. You know, I, 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 Perfect. I struggled when I first went, went to college because I didn't have a place. I didn't know where my place was. Mm. Okay. So I was kind of the go through the motions. What am I doing? Quit work, some construction. So that's a real job. And I said, all right, well, I better figure this out because uh, I'm not cut out for this. Um, even though I enjoyed it, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard work and it wasn't necessarily my passion. Mm. And so I went into journalism and because I wanted to do what I wanted, what I wanted to enjoy that I had the most passion for. And it led me on every step of the way since then. Wonderful. Okay. So nobody wait, nobody grows up dreaming about becoming a chamber of commerce executive <laughs> or a congressional press secretary. Maybe they do. Mm -hmm. But being uh, a journalist and being well prepared in that area led me to that job working for a member of Congress, led me to the Fairfax County Chamber, led me to the Loudoun County Chamber subsequently enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie, growing up in New York, I didn't know there was a Loudoun County, right? Right. right? And perhaps yeah. you didn't know where you grew up too. So I would just say, you know, enjoy the ride, do what you're passionate about, do what you love, do what you're good at. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm pretty darn certain that I can't make you any promises. And it's going to take you down a path that you will have zero regrets having gone down. 
That's right. That that is perfect. Perfect advice. Perfect words of wisdom. Thank you. As long as I get you rich. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining me. I'm so, so grateful. Thank you for your time. And I honor the light in you. Thank you. You're very kind. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Uno Souls Chat. Uno Souls Chat is sponsored by Uno Translations and Communications, LLC. You can find us at www.unosouls.com. I would love to hear from you if you would like to chat with me. Please contact me at bteruno at unosouls.com. Have a beautiful week and see you at the next episode.